business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm your host, Walt Bayless. Today on the show, I'm thrilled to be able to bring to you a veteran of sales and marketing, a coach who's produced millions of dollars worth of sales for himself and for people all over the world. He has clients in over 17 countries. He has developed an incredible repertoire and been named as some of the best or one of the best speakers in the world. David joins us tonight from Thailand and has built an incredible business now with over 2,000 coaching customers worldwide. He's appeared on TV and it is my great pleasure to bring David Kavanagh to the Business and People podcast. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very, very much for having me, Walt. It's a pleasure. It's really great to see you, mate. Now, that's a, that's a heck of a repertoire. How did that all come to be, mate? How did you get started and move through to where you find yourself today? Well, if half of it was true, it'd be good. No, no, it's all true. Now, all jokes aside, Walt, um, I was born in Bankstown in Sydney, Australia, and I had three brothers and a sister, and mum and dad didn't have a lot of money. And I won't go on to the sob story about, oh, crying poor and rich, little, little poor kid goes rich now. But anyway, I decided when I moved to the Gold Coast after I got divorced from my first wife, I decided to, I needed to really do something with my life. I got a job at the time working with Peter Sun from Peter Sun Marketing and I also worked with Adam Hudson from the Better Business Institute and while I was there, I was doing all of their websites and doing all of their internet marketing and one day, one of our clients who was, oh, and one of our people who was writing copy for us was Mr. Brett McFall who also lives on the Gold Coast and anyway, Brett, someone said to me, Brett was doing the World Internet Summit and I said, well, I should speak at that. And they said, what about? And I said, I'll think of it soon. So anyway, I got on to Brett and I started talking to him and he said, um, well, what's your claim to fame? Like, what can you educate and help and inspire the people at the World Internet Summit if I put you on as, say, a guest speaker because you're an Aussie? So anyway, I had a product back then helping people get listed in the search engine, etc. It worked really well. And I was offered a 30-minute spot, which turned into a 90-minute spot because luckily enough for me, I went good. And then for the next, I think it was eight years, I toured with the World Internet Summit all over, all over the world doing presentations with the best of the best keynote speakers, etc. And after that, I met a gentleman named Mr. Rob Bell from OneShoppingCart.com and he sold that now to webs.com. And anyway, he asked me to come to Canada. So yeah, I toured around a lot eventually stayed in Thailand and I, you know, I liked the atmosphere, I liked the food, um, I love Asian women, I love the beaches, I love all that kind of stuff, ended up falling in love, getting married, having kids and I'm still here 16 years later and I'm still touring the world, helping people and business owners make money online. Fantastic, mate. It's a, it's a heck of a story. Now, what I know, Dave, is do, doing a little bit of research. For the last few years, you've been talking to sold-out rooms all the way through Asia, talking about business, talking about growth. What's, what's the reason that people are flocking to listen to that message? Well, it's not just me. Let's be real for a minute. My ego isn't my amigo. I mean, I look from the point of view, it's not all about David Kavner. It's about the result that David Kavner or Walt Bayless can deliver. And I'm just a messenger um, of, you know, what people want. So I thought, well, what kind of 
problems have people got if they're a business owner and how can David Kavner and his team help them with solutions to solve those problems? So anyway, one thing after talking to business owners and people with CRM systems and all this kind of stuff, they were saying things like, oh, I can't get any leads. I can't get any people into my shop. Business is closing down. And we all know the old story about, you know, how many people in five years are still existing and all, or non-existing, should I say. And then I look at Pack Fair in Australia, the shopping centre, I look at all these for rent signs and all this. So I have been going very well for a long time on helping myself and my students get on the top of YouTube and the top of Google. Now, cutting a long story short, we all know people want more leads, more conversions and more sales. So I thought, well, I put a thing together called YouTube Internet Secrets Revealed. It sounded really sexy. And I got a few promoters saying to me, well, look, if you can show me uh, and get me ranked in the top, of Google and YouTube, well, I'll let you come and speak to all of our people. And so far I've spoken about, I don't know, two and a half, three, no, about 5,000 people in Japan and I've got about 2,000 clients and, um, yeah, in Australia and America and Mexico and all over the place. And I'm just thinking I've got, and I, and I run my own workshops, etc., all over the world, but I just think the old David Kavanagh, well, I mean the young David Kavanagh, I mean in the old days when I first started, it was all about me, how much I could impress the people and how much I could sell and all this stuff, whereas now I look at it, you know what, I'm just a guy and I'm a guy who does a lot of good like a lot of other guys and ladies on stage, but I just go out there to do my best and I'm helping people solve problems. And so now, yeah, I've been... It's been booked, like I went to Japan, there was 30 people, and then there was 200, then I had another one, 300 people, and then I had another event which was 2,000 people, oh no, 1,000 people or whatever it was. And so I looked, and now I'm going into Brighton in October with a gentleman called Mr. Andrew Reynolds, there's 3,500 people. Um, and so I suppose if you've got a good product, a good service, a good topic, and you can deliver it in a way that people can replicate and implement like you're showing them and get the results thereafter, they'll keep booking you. you know? I, can't, so, I can't see any reason why that would stop, mate, unless you hit the, the capacity of the rooms. Now, Dave, one of the things that you mentioned there was that as you look at businesses, whether whatever they are across the world, the big problem that almost all businesses have is that leads coming through the door. Would you say that that's, regardless of industry, the biggest problem facing business owners today? It's a pain in the rear end for every single business owner everywhere at the moment. Um, you know, and when I talk to people, I think, oh, you're going to pitch me. I think, listen, forget about the pitch. Forget about the sales. Forget about everything. Have you got enough money coming into your business each week? And I don't know statistics, but, you know, I'd say 85, 90%, all, nearly all of them, nine out of 10 say, oh, yeah, I could do with more customers or I wish I had more people coming into my funnel and you've been around for years and same as I am, funnels, you know, they weren't even called funnels when you and I first started, it's just a page one and a page two and all that. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah, across the board, I think businesses are suffering really bad yeah. and they need people like you and I and experienced people to help solve their problems and in turn, you know, and it's worldwide. Like no matter where I go, I always say two things. Hands up if you use Google as your main search engine just to see what they say, they say yes. I said, hands up if you haven't got enough leads coming from that search engine and you'd like me to help you get more leads, more conversions and more sales. And nearly everyone's got their hand up. So it proves no matter what country you're in, they're all suffering really, really bad at the moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dave, what about a 60-second challenge? And I've done this with other guests before where we've, we've had an opportunity to do this 60-second challenge. And here's the, here's the premise. You catch up with a friend who you haven't seen in a long time and they say they've, they've been someone who's been an employee for a long time. They've had a great idea and they've finally gone out on their own. They've got their own business. They've just started. They've been at six to 12 months. They catch up with you. They know what you do. And they say to you, Dave, how am I going to get more leads into my business in a 60-second answer? Okay. First of all, I need a website. So we research exactly the website name that they want. Secondly, we get it hosted on a hosting company that's going to be up and not down. Thirdly, we set up emails for them. Fourthly, we set up autoresponders to bounce back and answer while they're not there. Um, Next thing, we do a good quality sales page at the front of the website or a good quality informational page. We make sure it's got a contact page on it. We make sure it's got four or five office numbers on it, Australia, England, America, whatever, which we can get through Skype. Uh, We make sure it's all about them. It's like a what's in it for me website versus, um, you know, I'm wonderful and Dave's great, Walt's great. It's more about the customer and how you can help them solve their problems. Get them number one on YouTube, get them number one on Google, get a corresponding Facebook, get all of their Web 2.0 links set up. Um, set up IFTTT, which is like a service when whenever they upload a video to YouTube, it goes all over the place and it's all linked back to their website. And basically, just get their name out there um, so people know what problems they solve, how they can solve it at a price they can afford. I love it. I think uh, anybody that's listening to this, if you're, if you're in the car on the way to work or on the way home and, and you just had David's message there, I let him go more than 60 seconds because I thought it was worth it. But I tell you what, if you just heard that, when you get to work, when you get home, go back and listen to that because I think that's a really, really great formula for anybody to pick up and follow. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Dave, one, now one thing, got, one thing that you, One thing it. that I was going to say too, you're a specialist on this. This is your little forte. Um, oh, I wouldn't say it's your forte as such, but, I mean, you design brilliant software that helps a lot of people fulfil their forte. I do about nine webinars per week then you've got your brilliant software that actually helps people set up webinars. Um, That's another thing that I say to a lot of chiropractors or lawyers or something. How about getting a group of people who might be interested, like the warm kind of target market, on a webinar? And if anyone listening doesn't know about that, please make sure you talk to Walt because he's got the best software to... It's basically where I sit at home, talk and show a PowerPoint or a keynote slideshow and tell people why they need me to help their business and I run through a platform like like Walt's webinar, Geo. So talk to Walt. But a webinar is brilliant to also start getting really qualified traffic. Now, I've heard somebody say, thanks, man, I appreciate that, but I've heard somebody say... As a you know, as a local business, there might be somebody who's a chiropractor or a plumber. But in this in this in this case, an example, uh, they were a consultant, and they said, "Why would I do a webinar and give away all my best stuff? Why would I be seen to be giving away for free? You know what I what I should be charging people for? What would you say to that one?" Well, that person's got a really limited mindset. It's probably because they haven't got much education, and they give away just one or two little things because that's all they really know. And so they're frightening. You know, to me, I do, as you know, six, eight, 10, 12-day events. But when I first started, I couldn't even think of the first 90-minute presentation, let alone bloody 12 days. So, I mean, a person who's like, if I give Walt a full 60-minute session of really good, honest, implementable, no affiliate link um, content, Walt, when he's got a problem or when he is ready to part with his cash, 
he's going to say, geez, that David Kavanagh, unlike the other guys who are trying to pitch me, he actually gave, 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 and he gave me so much content. You know what? Even if he's more expensive, or even if he charges more, I'll go back to him because I know he's the real deal and he's the only one who actually gave from his heart versus thinking about his pocket. Absolutely. And I think from a, from a local business point of view, the more you're seen to be delivering that good content, if you're telling people, let's, let's take a plumber as an example. If you do a webinar series on how to fix a leaky tap, how to find a leaky shower, you know, all of that kind of stuff. People are going to watch that and they're not going to go and get their, you know, plumbing kit out and try and fix it themselves. What are they sure. going to do? They're going to call you because they, they, sure. you've already proven it. So they might get their tools. They might go down to the local hardware store. But when it comes to the deal of actually unscrewing something and having water spray in their face, they're going to call oh, the yeah. guy that they saw on, on online. So uh, getting yourself out there, I think, is a, is a really great message. What about it's like, a, like- it's like what you – sorry, it was just like what you said a minute ago. I mean, you get – your job and my job is to show them how much you care mm. and show them that you'll truly be there for them when they need. Um, and you know the old story, they're not saying no to you. They're saying, no, I don't know enough or no, I haven't got enough information. You, you know all that stuff and so do your listeners. But I mean, I'm going out there now thinking I know what I know and I know I can help people and I understand they need Walt or David or whoever. So I go out and give as much as I can because I know, as you said, they're not going to do it. I can tell them website, order responder, affiliate links, go daddy, name, so I can tell them all that stuff, but they're not going to do it because they're a lawyer. They're a yeah. Cairo. They're, they're cracking back. They're, they're, they're cracking back. They're not sitting there cracking websites. Yeah, that's you know? right. So, exactly. And that's why, yeah. that's why, you know, specialists are worth so much more money. So Dave, now that you've got, you know, we mentioned 2,000 clients that you're helping across uh, multiple different countries. What does an average day look like for you? Well, one, I sleep a lot. Okay. Because um, I'm 54 years of age now. And as you know, I had a couple of setbacks a couple of years ago. And that, but I bought a system, and there's no affiliate plugs in that here. I bought a system, let's put it this way, online. And I've actually... I work out a calendar system where my students and clients can book with me like you've got. Um, I w- I've set up an online help desk. And now, because I've got that automated, um, and again, a lot of people listening to your podcast, of course, understand this, but for the people who don't, I've now got freedom to do what I want, when I want, because I've, to- I've given the people my links to say, here's where you book and here's where you can talk to me. But in the meantime... I know that I've got three hours I can spend with my beautiful wife going and watching a movie or going to have a beautiful Thai lunch because, as you know, I'm from Australia, live in Thailand, etc. And I mean, so I find now I make more money working less than because it's automated than before when Dave was, oh, geez, oh, who, who did I say was going to ring me today? And I've got 160 million apps on my phone and all of them contradict each other. So I thought, and for your people on your call, here's one thing from a web guy's point of view, which you already know, if they go to Calendly, Calend, like calendar, Calend, and then Lee, L-Y.com, you can set up your own little online kind of um, dial in and talk to David or Walt kind of thing. And stuff like that is free. You know, you don't have to pay a cent. And I think to myself, so now I've structured my day that I spend time with my wife, spend time watching my new little IPTV box where I can watch movies and that from all over the world. People tell me, don't watch movies, don't watch the TV. Well, I disagree with that. 
I think when I'm off and I'm having fun, I'll watch what I want. But as long as I don't take it in and corrupt my head and infiltrate my head with crap, you know, yeah. and I, I work when I want. And when I work and when I talk to people like you, I love it because I'm really, really communicating, connecting with the best people. So I, I have a great life. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to England in two weeks to speak for 3,500 people. Then I'm coming back and I'm speaking in, uh, where am I speaking? Japan for 100 people. Then I'm coming back and I'm speaking in Thailand for 50 people. Then going back to Japan, I've got another 100 people. So I don't even know after someone opened my eyes which bloody country I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a busy schedule, mate. So it comes a long way from, when I, again, looking back at your history, you started as a DJ, you know, uh, mixing, mixing, mixing discs and doing all that kind of stuff. But you had a real break when you put together a consolidated group of DJs and started booking. Yes. And what you're talking about there, being able to actually uh, take the step back, book the people who need to be booked and still have that kind sure. of time. Was that a learning experience, a learning curve for you that kind of led into everything else? Definitely, Well, um, I started off and I used to like, even though I'm shorter, I'm not tall, I started off in uh, Bankstown Boys High School in Condal Park High in Sydney and I liked playing basketball. And, yeah, I could shoot the hoop or write and all this, but I was no good at, you know, against the big guys or anything because they're too tall. So I set up a little disco, mobile disco business, and because I played basketball, what a stupid marking name. I called myself Rebound Disco. Now, if I look at that now, it's like we catch everything no one else wants, you know. <laughs> you know, it's what a <laughs> terrible name. But anyway, I did a wedding one night. I was working at Channel 7 in Epping when it was open in Mobs Lane with Donnie Sutherland on Sounds and After Dark and Rex Mossop on Sports World and you're not old enough to know all these, of course, Walt. And I worked <laughs> I'm, nodding, I'm nodding and smiling like I do. Yeah, and I, I, I was actually the guy that had the hand in the back of the puppet called Mr Doobie on Romper Room, you know, oh. in Studio C at Channel 7. But anyway, cutting a long story short, I started the disco thing in the night time and one guy walked up, have you got a card? He said, because I'd like to book you. And I thought, well, it's a wedding. He's probably got someone who's getting married. He'd like to call me. So anyway, the next week, I'm at home at Dad's place at Punch Bowl in Victoria Road. And the phone rings. And Dad said, Dave, it's for you. And I answered the phone. I said, hello. And they said, oh, g'day, mate. Have you got a, any vacancies on the 19th of December? And I said, yeah, yeah, what time? And he said, oh, four o'clock. So the normal disco goes like four or five hours. So I said, what, to eight or nine? He said, no, to the 31st. I said, what? And so he got me, this guy booked me to work on CTC Cruises in Australia, which is now gone, the Mikhail Lumatov cruise ship that sunk in New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, I started DJing and then people liked me. So all these other DJs, oh, you got any spare jobs? And so the thing is I, I rang every club, Parramatta Leagues, Canterbury Leagues, General Burke in Parramatta, Panthers, you know, all over the place. And I secured 31 clubs in six months, and got all these DJs to work. Now, I charged 150 bucks a club back then. Now it's probably 50 million bucks. But 150, I kept 50 commission. They got 100. And as far as I'm going but 50 times 31 clubs, that's a lot of money for a Friday, Saturday night gig. I love you know? it. I love it. And you're doing, one gig. you're doing one gig and getting paid for 30, and I absolutely love it. It's a great, it's a great business lesson straight away. So you've, you've come a long way from, from spinning discs then managing a group of, dis- of, of DJs through into now, as, as we said, you're, you're known to be a growth strategist and a business person and an entrepreneur. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great road through, Dave. What's been the, the biggest mistake you've made along that way and what did, what did you learn from it? Biggest mistake, kind of a talk, biggest mistake was thinking I was better than everyone else. 
okay. and letting my ego get involved and not actually realising there's a lot of other people out there who don't care about my ego. They just care about the results I can help them with and the solutions their problem. I used to walk into an event. You can ask Brett McFall this. Um, and I hope if Brett listens to this, I, I give him and Tom Hua credit because and Ted Suber, I mean, because they gave me my first, like, speaking gig as such. I mean, I used to walk into a room, 300 people. I thought, well, if I could close 10% and I could make this, then I paid the promoters a commission. All I cared about is David's pocket. And Brett pulled me up one day when we were in America, and I think it was in um, LA, and he said, listen, if you keep thinking like that, you'll never have another job with any of us ever again. And I went to my room, and I'm a guy who's 54 now, but I went to my room, and I'll be honest with you, Walt, I sat on my bed and I actually started to cry. Because yeah. I thought, oh, my God, I thought I was this big. You know, my ego got the better of me. Yeah. So what I'd say is drop your ego, excuse my French on your podcast, but drop your bullshit and yeah. start thinking to yourself, you know, no one cares about you. They care about the results you can deliver and then they start caring about you because you've cared about their business. So drop in your ego. Ego ain't your amigo. Just really, truly go out there and help people, give them valuable stuff and stop trying to think that you're the only person in the world that's the big shot that can do everything. And, and learning that lesson, did you see a, an uptick? Oh, jeez. I was never invited to parties. I was, Dave was always the guy, oh, oh, they had a party on the weekend. They didn't ring me. And I was wondering why. It's probably because Dave was a loud, David Kavanagh was a loud mouth, egotistical, SOB. And now I'm just an older guy who thought, well, if you want to make friends and you want to kind of be in the know with everyone and get invited on podcasts like you've invited me, et cetera, et cetera, be more humble. Just go out there and truly come from the heart, help people and show them what you can do. And then the next minute I started getting invited to podcasts. I started to getting invited to events. I started being invited to parties, etc. And I was wondering why, hold on, before I never got anything. And yet now I think, well, as Alicia Little from America said to me, she said, David, I can see a massive change in you. She said, David, I love you. She said, back then, I liked you, but now I love you. There you go. And it's, and I, I mean, said, now wow. that as we look, and, and you can see that, that, that numerous times, that best speaker awards uh, from all around the world and, uh, you know, sold out rooms, as I mentioned. So from a, from a lesson point of view, it sounds like it was well learned. Mate, if I, if I could extend that out just a little, and I'm conscious of your time, I want to get you back to your family, and, as, and I know it's late there where you are, but if I could extend that out a little, the, the, the lesson that you've learned, and now if you had an opportunity to stand on stage in front of, let's say, graduate students, let's say people that have just finished school or college or university, and they're just about to go out into what you and I call the real world, some of them have got entrepreneurial dreams, a lot of them have got, you know, degrees under their, under their arm. If you had five or ten minutes to talk to these guys, what would be the main message you'd be wanting to talk to them about? Again, get out there and I know this sounds terrible, but forget what's underneath your arm. Forget yep. your accolades of all the pretty little certificates and diplomas and the bachelor's degrees and all this. Bottom line is go out there and just remember you're now starting from scratch. You're now, you, you were one of the big guys or big girls, top dogs leaving the uni. And now you're starting from fresh. Listen to the people who can teach you. Listen to life lessons understand the journey is not going to be all beautiful, lovely roses and, and, you know, petals. It's going to be potholes and you're going to have a lot of trouble along the way. But don't look at those as failures. Look at them as a learning experience of, okay, 
you know, I've gone down that road. Maybe it was a bit bumpy, but get up, you know, like a UFC fighter, you know, brush your knees, brush your things and learn where were your mistakes, not what did you do good at. I don't care what I'm good at. I just care what I'm not good at or how I can improve the stuff. So go out there, remember what you've learned at uni, remember what you've learned at school, but just realise you're out there to help and support other people and give them what they want rather than what you want. I think that's great advice. If you, had, if you were talking to someone in that room or maybe someone in their car right now, Dave, somebody who, who's heard that message, they've understood give them what they want and they've, there's this person, they've got this great idea. And they want to take it to the world. They want to be of service, but they don't know where to start. Would you, sure. would you roll out that same A to Z online, offline marketing system you mentioned before, get a website, get it up, you know, do all that sort of stuff? Or where where would you first, take the idea? Yeah, first of all, I'd do something like um, I'd go to Google Docs and I'd do a little survey and I'd find out actually if your product or service or your great idea is something that everyone else thinks is great because you might think it's awesome, but no, and do they want to pay for it? Because are there any competing things online that are much, much better for free? Yeah. Um, Or even if they are for free, the thing that you're charging for, have you got a money-back guarantee? Have you got good support? Are you going to look after the people? Look inside yourself and say, am I truly going to run with this? Because most IM products are crap because the guys don't even support them. That's the truth. And I love the guys who make them but I, I criticise them for never, ever supporting their customers properly. You're one of the only guys who does that, which you're an IM guy, but you're an IM guy who actually cares, whereas a lot of other guys live from launch to launch to launch. But I'd say to people, you've got an idea, that's great. So once you find out, yes, your idea is a saleable idea, then I would say go out when you first start. Don't pay for traffic. Don't do that. Just get a few people on board, start making a few dollars, and then start reinvesting some of that money that you've made basically for free into adverts, um, into videos, into articles. And I still, I'm still of the old Dan Kennedy model about letterbox drops. I'm still of sending out mail because some people in different target markets mightn't even go on the internet. Absolutely. My mum and dad are scared to go on the mobile phone because they think Facebook can get hacked Absolutely. and all that. So just get out there and do something. My brother said to me once when I asked him, does he have Skype? He said, Skype, it's free. It must be a scam. But, uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but that, my, mother, my mother, I said, mum, why don't you download Facebook? She said, why don't you leave me alone? Yeah, well, there you go. And you have to do that and at some point. Which and is, I went, oh, my gosh. Which is I said, Mum, everyone's got Facebook. I said, everyone's got Facebook. She said, no, they haven't, David. I haven't. And I'm, I'm a school teacher. And so, David, I know what I'm talking about. So Absolutely. My dad, Absolutely. Says, my dad says to me, what's internet marketing? Is that like Amway? And I said, yeah, it's similar, Dad, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Do you know, I, I said to somebody, Dave, uh, a little while ago um, that the phrase internet marketing was, was, was long outdated, whether if you're not marketing on the internet these days, you know, no matter if you've, if you've got a chiropractic business, a plumbing business, a building company, you know, you're an internet marketer because that's where you, you're able to reach your, your customers. But there are some industries, as you mentioned, where you've got to find the clients that are not on the internet. You've got to be able to tap into those old school methodologies. One of the things you said there, mate, was, you know, slow down a little bit. If you've got that great idea, you know, let's find out if you've got a customer base. Let's find out how to put a support team together. Let's find out how to, to, to get a distribution model happening, all that kind of stuff. How, would you put any stock behind the idea of going and working for someone in a related industry for a couple of years to get your knowledge up before you, you launched it? Well, that's what I did with Peter Sun and Adam Hudson. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I learned a truckload of Peter and Adam 
And in the end, I was teaching them a lot of stuff and they were learning from me. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, and even when I was DJing, like, let's face it, I learned how to talk in a mic, which when I first started, contrary to today, I was actually shaking because um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to do it. And so I started talking, but I, I had sweaty palms and all that. So I think get out in the field, get your feet dirty, get your hands dirty and yeah. do something. And even if people are doing, say, because a lot of people will buy, oh, I want to start off with affiliate marketing, which if you don't know, folks, is, you know, someone's got a product, you sell that for him to someone else and you get paid a commission, all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to develop a product, why not promote something that's in a similar niche to you just to actually see if it works, just yep. to see if it sells? To see or if there's a customer you, base out there. Yeah, just to see. And here's the thing. When you're promoting to people, go and promote to people who are already advertising on Google, already got Facebook pages, already in the newspaper, already in the you know old yellow pages or whatever. Promote to people and sell to people who have already – don't try to educate the market. Go to the people who already educate it and take your product to them and say, if I could show you a way to save money and make more money at the same time, could we have a coffee? There you go. Get it back down to solving problems. Solving problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, I've, I've, I've just got a couple more questions for you, mate, if that's okay. Just as I said, trying to help people who are, who are getting out there and, and doing all that kind of stuff for themselves. You mentioned the advice that you would have given you know, a younger Dave Kavanagh about losing the ego and that kind of stuff. If you could look at your life now and we had that, you know, magic time machine where we could wind forward 20 years. So now we're talking to 74-year-old Dave and you can pick where that 74-year-old is talking to us. He's got a, you know, the life of the dreams. He's got the, the, every, everything around him that he's always wanted to. What do you think that David 20 years from now, what advice would he give to you to make sure that that path was going to end up in the right place? I'd just say, David, keep keep your head in checked, you know what I mean? Um, keep going where you're going, keep helping people, keep doing the right thing, keep respecting everyone's religion, respecting everyone's politics, um, respecting that other people have got opinions and they're not always the same of yours, uh, as yours, sorry. Um, and just really, I'd say the 74-year-old David would say, look, you're doing great, you're doing wonderful, but don't change. Don't mm-hmm you know, always be the same and always be the person who listens. Like I talk all day. I mean, that's me. Of course, I'm a speaker. But when I'm in a sales situation or when I'm in a closing situation, not that I like using the word, I will ask a question and then it's more like zipit.com. I will shut up deliberately because I don't know what I don't know unless I listen to the answer and then take it aboard and say, as you know, to the person, well, so what you're basically saying to me, if I hear you correctly, is, and so the 74-year-old David would probably say, listen more, talk less, and solve people's problems, help them, and David, you're on your way to live into 104. There you go. Well, I hope we get you back on the show, mate, when you hit that 100 mark, and uh, you can tell us how you are. It sounds like, it sounds like old Dave, it sounds like old Dave's got some wisdom there, mate. Dave, as we look at as we look at that journey, you know, the next twenty years, etc. Are you a goal setting person? Are you a, a write them down kind of person? Are you a vision board person? Are you a don't give me that rubbish kind of person? Where do you fit in the in the goal setting and visions kind of stuff? Well, I know I should write them down. That's the truth. I know I should have a vision board and all that, but I don't. It's just not me. But um, I do know that I've. Well, you might as well say written them down because I put things down on my computer saying, you know, I wanted to meet a lovely Thai lady, which I did with Nisarat. Uh, 
I wanted to move in a new house by the end of, you know, 2019, which Nisrat and I have just got a brand new three-bedroom house we're moving to next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I always, as Pat Masiti, a fellow speaker in Australia, says do a check-up from the neck up, and I look back at my little text edit or on the Mac or the notepad or whatever, look at my little document, I want to get this and I want to achieve this, and most of them I've ticked off. And if I don't get, if I don't tick them off, I get ticked off. And I think, well, you made a you made a plan, so why not stick to you? And whether you call them goals, outcomes, whatever you call them, it's something you want. Let's face it. And but now I put travel. Well, now I'm sick and tired of traveling. Right. This might sound weird. I've been on more planes than I've been at home. Yeah. Um. And so my goals. Oh, my goals used to be. So I scrubbed it off. I don't give a toss about traveling. Um. I'll travel because I help my students. But now. My perfect day is spending a beautiful time home with my lovely wife, going to a little Thai restaurant, a little cheap restaurant. I don't need to be a big shot. Down the road, having a, having a Thai food, just having a cup of tea or something like that and just simple living my life. Yeah, it's just simple. having a good time. I love it, mate. And so as you're, as you're coaching the, your clients, as you're helping them achieve their goals and, and move their businesses forward, is there, a, a, I guess, a, a guidebook? Is there a, a set of resources? Is there a... a a book that you say to somebody before we get started, read this, you know, listen to this audio. Is there a piece of material that's made a big impact on you? Um, no, nah, not really. I, well, Google, I <laughs> get more I get, I get more learning experience. Like Brett McFall, talking about Brett again, hope, hope he talks about me one day. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Brett, Brett um, said to me one day, he, he told me some things, Ted, Ted Suber told me things. And Brett said to me on an interview, just like this, he said to me, who's, who's your best mentor? And at the time I said Tony Robbins because I went to the UPW and all that. And he said, what did Tony Robbins do? And then I'm thinking, you know what? No, it wasn't Tony Robbins. It was David Kavner's implementation of what he learnt that got him because most people who join coaching programs never succeed because they never get off their bum. Yeah. They never implement what they're taught. And that's no matter who you are. Um, so I think now, if I look at my best mentors, if I look at everything, it's students. So I always say there's no such thing as a dumb question because to them, it's actually smart. That's why they're asking it and that's why I'm a coach. So I've learned more now off my students. I've learned more off my peers. And so again, David, shut up, listen more, learn more, and then implement it. And so, yeah, I I just think, you know, live your life to the fullest, but listen to other people, respect everyone's opinions, and you'll always get what you want. Nice. I love it. And uh, what's, um, what are some of the brags of some of your students, mate? Let's, let's have a, a brag moment just, just for a second. Give me, give me some numbers. Give me a, this guy did this. Like, tell me some of the people that you've been able to help across the line. Well, I know quite a few of my students that have made very good money. Most of them haven't made money because they don't do it. And I'm, being, I'm one of the most honest speakers and internet guys you'll ever meet. I hate all this stuff. They made five million a year. That's all bullshit. That's, that's a real truth. Um, but I know, I know a couple of my students in Japan, they're making like $15,000, $20,000 a month uh, implementing stuff that I'm teaching them step by step. But... I find, and I've got a few people, which I won't say in Australia, that are making very good money, but most of them are my high-end students, like my platinum students. People have paid me 30, 40 grand for a coaching program. Um, I've actually helped like uh, a lot of the so-called gurus, um, and I've helped them with a lot of stuff. And as Joel Bauer said to me, the speaker coach America, he's one of the best in the world. 
Joel said to me, if there was one internet course I could ever attend in my busy schedule, it'd only be David Cavanagh's. Nice. And I and I said, well, I love that. And he said, well, David, you actually stand on stage, but you're the guy who does the support, does the phone calls, does the coaching. He said, David, there's one thing. You're 54 years of age, son. He said, I want you to live to 104. So just remember, when you used to do discos, they knew you were Super Dave. He said, you're not Superman. He said, just remember, take time out to smell the roses, look after yourself. And so I think nowadays, you know, yeah, I just think I'm having a great life. I'm meeting wonderful people like you. I've got great students. People are successful. But, yeah, with numbers, it's hard to say because, you know what, the only ones that really get back to the coach, this is the truth. It's not a bullshit internet marketer to it. The only ones who get back to me are the ones that are whinging and complaining and they've got problems. The ones that are making money, yeah, the ones I make money, I ring them up, hey, going, oh, you've gone really well. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, no, I've been too busy. So um, in our next podcast, I can actually ask students, how did you get, like I can show you Facebook where they're all saying Dave's great and Dave's wonderful and all this. But again, ego, as I said, it's not your ego. I want to find out, well, okay, well, Dave's wonderful, but why? What have you implemented that David's taught you? How's it affected your life? How's it, how's your income? What have you done? Except I've got students now who are actually coaching other students. So to me, if that's any recommendation, well, I see them following my kind of system and yeah, so it's all good. Nice. I love it, mate. I love it. So last question, mate. And again, thank you so much for your time. I know it's the end of the day for you. What, what no, it's is only five o'clock here. I'm going out to dinner. Nice. I like it. What is, what is next for you? What's on the horizon? Where are you headed? What are you trying to achieve? Um, well, I just spoke to Mr. Andrew Reynolds in England today. UK is the next event that I'm going to with two and a half or three and a half thousand, depends on the numbers and all that. Um, and I asked my students last night, look, if you want to come along, I always, I'm not the speaker walks in, speaks and then goes and has his bag on the stage. You know, I'm like you, I'll always stay before the event, stay after the event. And I've got like about 30 or 40 of my English students all rocking up to spend time and have lunch and dinner with me. So I guarantee I won't get any sleep for a bloody week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just going to England, um, surprising this rat by probably going having a week's holiday, two weeks of Christmas time in Japan. Cause We've done so many gigs there. It's about time we actually saw someone instead of an inside of a seminar room in a hotel room Um, and take the kids, of course. But my main thing is just like, yeah, just chilling out, having a great life with my daughters in Thailand and going back and visiting my daughter Crystal in the Gold Coast in Cooma in Australia. And, yeah, I I haven't got much to achieve. You know, I've achieved so much now. I just think (laughs) it's weird saying this, but I get a bigger kick out of helping others and watching them achieve and people say, oh, but David, what about yourself? But I actually get a buzz out of helping others. It's, it's weird. It's I'm, I'm weird. I'm just, you're interviewing on your podcast a weirdo. Well, that's great. And that's what we're here for. We call it the Business and People Podcast because it's all about business and it's all about people and we want to hear everyone and their stories. We've uh, um, got some amazing interviews coming up with Olympic athletes and, and uh, you know, founders and stuff. That part, I'm not. Well, you know what? Everybody's story makes the, the whole patchwork quilt come together, you know? You know, you know the funny thing? You know the funny thing before, uh, before we go? Well, the funny thing, I always say to students when they come to my workshop, I am your internet coach and mentor, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not your plumber in your shower. I'm not the chef. I'm not your taxi driver. I'm nothing. At internet, I'm really cool. But at the rest, I suck big time. Whereas the old David, I'd like to, I want to solve everyone's problems because I know everything about everything. And nowadays I think, you know what, stick to what you're good at and pay someone else and outsource the other stuff that I don't know. And I found out, you know, 
the 2 or 3% that I know, it makes me millions of dollars. But the 98% I know, I don't mind paying someone else because the thing is they actually know a lot more than I know. Do you know what? Like the, the, the whole podcast can be boiled down to that last two minutes, mate. We say, you know, do what you do best, specialise in what you do and let everybody, you know, let other people specialise in what they do and just and follow. Oh, sure. Yeah, That's- sure. Dave, thank you so much for joining me, mate. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I hope that as you're listening to this, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast in the car, thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in. And uh, I really appreciate the wisdom there, mate. I'm, there's, some, there's some real gold nuggets there. I'll be going back and listening myself. So, again, thanks for your time, Dave. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you all the best. I look forward to hearing about that 74-year-old Dave having that beautiful life moving forward, mate. And uh, look forward to catching up with you as we move forward. Well, you can pick anyone in the world on your podcast. You pick me. So as far as I'm concerned, thanks go to you. Thank you. Appreciate it, mate. Have a great evening and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Cheers, Walt. Hey, everyone. It's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.